Let's start off with a little wardrobe discussion. All right. Evan Harmerling won on the Corn Ferry last weekend in Savannah, Georgia, while repeating his wardrobe Saturday and Sunday. Begs the question from you, superstitious lads. What superstitions do you bring out on the golf course? All right. Well, um, years ago, uh, for some reason, blue is my favorite color, but some some reason I, I was going to mark my golf ball. I didn't have a blue marker, so I, I started putting little hash marks on either side, and I, and I was playing the, the ball with, that starts with a T. Yeah. Little red hash marks on either side of the number. And then all of a sudden, I started, get, I got two dimes to mark the ball with. Because dimes are pretty prevalent when you mark your golf ball. So I put little red circle dots on the dimes. And so, you know, it, it just kind of grew from there. Now it's just, uh, I don't know. I guess that's superstition, Mark. That's very that's superstitious. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, wait. Well, seven T's in my right well, pocket along with a divot tool. Yes, okay. That brings it another level. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and, and no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's just, that's it. I don't know. I don't. I I think on the golf course, I'm not that superstitious. I mean, I use the coins I mark my my ball with are specialty coins. Most of them are from foreign countries. Uh, an occasional uh, like Susan B. Anthony dollar or something like that. Um, um, euros, pesos, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if I'd necessarily call that superstitious. I mean, I do mark my golf ball the same way with dots, but I do it with different color dots because I'll actually, um, if I open up a sleeve, I'll, I'll take three different color pens and, and put di three different color dots on them just because if I happen to grab in for a provisional at some point, I want it to be different than the other one, okay. even if I grab sure. the same number. So that's why I do stuff like that. I was actually a lot more superstitious playing hockey. And I don't know, I was just sitting here thinking about that is, you know, in hockey, I would always put my left skate on first and then my right skate. But I actually think that that uh, kind of, bleeds into everything because i think i always put my left shoe on first for some so you're reason. just superstitious in general i think it's just a habit at this point so i don't even know if i'd call it superstition anymore it's pretty smart marking each ball different with different colors see what i do is they're all in red and so if i hit one out of bounds and then i hit another one that's close to the out of bounds marker i say oh this is the first one yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least i can say okay the first one had a re had red dots on it the right. second one had orange dots right. on it or right. something so i just randomly grab three pa and it could be a could be red blue pink green i mean i have a whole bag of sharpies so i just grab three that is smart new england patriots quarterbacks present and past brian <laughs> hoyer sacked his time expired last monday night Tom Brady forgot what down it was and then blew off Nick Foles, who was patiently waiting at midfield to exchange pleasantries, but Tom Brady stormed out of there after screaming at his offensive lineman for an entire quarter because he's old. So which one are you most disappointed in? Brian Hoyer getting sacked as time expired or Tom Brady's temper tantrum at the I end of the loss I just think that Bill Parcells has put a spell on all... Bill Belichick? <laughs> Bill, no, Bill, Bill Parcells doesn't... He's not a big Patriots guy. He's a Belichick guy, but... He doesn't like the Patriots a whole lot, so he put a spell over the Patriots and expatriates, and so there you go. That's the um, reason, Mark. And by the way, Brady ditching uh, Foles, that's yeah. not the first time that's happened. There's something there, I think. Yeah, Foles he, beat him in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, yeah, I seem but, to recall. But I think there was maybe some I think comments. he said some stuff afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, so I think that's that ditching will go on for history. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I was watching the Monday night game with the Patriots – 
and the whole end of the half and no timeout left and getting sacked. And he, you know, if you watch, Hoyer actually stood up and was trying to call timeout. The, the, for me, the Patriots have notoriously, especially at the end of the half, held on to a timeout right. for that specific reason because okay. they always tried to score touchdowns. They weren't necessarily setting up for the field goal. So they always kept one in there so that they had all their options open. You know, the entire field to use, and they had that last timeout to call a timeout and then kick a field goal with a couple seconds left. And I think just, I think Hoyer thought that's what they would, no, they do, were doing what they were normally doing. That's not a bad thing. That makes sense. Now, yeah. I didn't watch the Thursday night game, so I don't know what the three plays were before that, but it was an awful long throw down the field for fourth down when you need a point. And, you know, because what? Was it like fourth and five or seven? Like six, I think. And he threw it to the, to, you know, because when I first saw the replay, I'm like, he, he, he threw it almost to the, to the marker line. And I'm like, oh, no, that was the field goal, like distance line, like where they needed to get to kick a field goal. And he Even was Even number it to that. 12 can make a mistake. <laughs> but for, yeah, it's kind of odd, you know, and I don't know. I don't know how the, the huddle works and if somebody's supposed to be keeping track of that for him or something, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the play call insinuated it was third down and not fourth down. I don't know. There's probably a lot of factors there, but you know what? He's not a Patriot anymore, so screw him. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bears got to win, so that makes everyone right. happy. Look, it smoke, makes you happy. Smoke and mirrors right. for four and one Bears. <laughs> no doubt. Looking at players who are free agents in these uncertain times, does it make sense for them to take a one-year deal or hope for, and hope for more next year when things normalize, or should they try to secure the long-term deal as they normally would? No, play your butt off for this year and wait for the big contract because the money's still going to be there. The NFL is going to play football in the future. COVID's not going to be here forever. Um, I understand the going for the money right now, but you know what? Um, the money's coming. If you're a superstar, waiting is a better option, I think. It's interesting because one of these uh, one of these guys, uh, uh, as a Boston Bruins fan, Tory Krug was falling into this category. It's like you know you're going to be looking for a lot of money. Um, you kind of took the the bridge deal, if you will, mm-hmm. in a two year deal the last time, um, and you know he he took a seven year deal, six and a half million dollars, uh, to go to St. Louis because apparently they were negotiating with the Bruins and the Bruins yanked a deal off the table because maybe they have something else coming down mm. the pike, but oh. seven years uh, for a uh, you know and uh, for for me a one trick pony. He's an offensive defenseman. He's really good on the po- running the power play, but I think he gets run over in his own end. He he's not that great in his own end because he's like five foot eight as a defenseman. So you're a one trick pony. For me to give seven years, six and a half million dollars, which in the Bruins realm of things, that's kind of like fairly close to what David Pasternak got, and he led the league in scoring yeah. last year. So, I, you know, I have a, I, I'm kind of with you, Maddie. I'm like, I think guys, if they wait out one year and take a one year kind of comfy deal, like you can take a lot of money in a one year deal because it's not too bad to tie you up for one year. But if you want, you know, five, six, seven years at that same rate, I don't think it's happening right now because everybody's got to back down. Caps right. are backing down, right. um, and it's, I think you got to wait. But you got to take your chance. That's what insurance is for, right? right. Two weeks of Vegas events on the PGA Ooh. Tour and one of the hosts of this show, Mr. Greeny, taking his talents out to Vegas. Begs the question, favorite casino game when you're out there trying to beat the well, house? Well, let me start with this. Did you know that Mr. Greenhouse here is playing TPC Summerlin next Thursday morning? Oh, he yeah. got a hookup, huh? He got a hookup, yeah. He got a guy? Um, he, yeah, he's got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah. I got a guy who knows a guy. Right. Um, Vito. Pa- Papa Giorgio? Black, yeah, Mr. Black pa- Jack is my guy. Mr. Game. Papa Giorgio has a tea time. <laughs> Papa Giorgio. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, 
blackjack I like a lot. I mean, I'm not a gambler. Uh, I gamble on my golf game, and that's about it. But I'll take a certain amount of money and say, once once this is gone, I'm not doing any more. And so sometimes I hang in there for quite a while, and sometimes I don't. But blackjack's my favorite game. I just, it's exciting. I play by you know what everybody says to do. You, you know, follow the rules, I right? Did, but, you yeah, don't get cute sure. out there. No, gosh, it's stupid to do that. I mean, you know, you got to play the you got to play the odds. So anyway, that's that's my deal's blackjack. I what used you, to, what I about used you, to do Mark? blackjack. Now I'm a craps guy. I mean, when you, you when you were sitting there playing blackjack, you always heard all the roars going yeah, on and right. the people <laughs> having fun at craps. Right. But if you don't know how to play, it's a very intimidating game. And a few years back, I I, I went out to, to Vegas with a bunch of guys, and they kind of taught me how to play. Okay. And it's a lot more interesting now. I mean, you can. As long as you don't, I mean, as long as people aren't crapping out like constantly, it can be a fun game. Now, when a table turns cold, it gets kind of boring because yeah. you, it's like you put your money down, it's gone. Put your money down, it's gone. Put your money down, it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. Then you start betting against the table and it kind of becomes fun again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I do have a, uh, the ability to play Summerlin out there next week. So here's the question bonus question in the okay. middle here, Bill. The worst score at Summerlin by the PGA Tour professionals so far is a 78 by Mark, <laughs> okay. by Matt Wilson. Okay. If I if I go back and play the tournament tees, now the tournament tees there are 7,200 yards. Okay. The next setup's like 6,800. I don't know <laughs> what they'll let me play. I'll play back as far First back of as all, I possibly I, I can. I want the name of the guy you're playing with. Apparently, I want to talk to him before y'all play, and I want to make sure that you played every tee that they played and put every ball out. Video what, evidence. I want I want that. And so I think the over under for you is seventy nine. I'm gonna take the over. <laughs> I'm taking the under. I'm betting on Greeny. Oh yeah. Especially that West yeah. Coast, the little altitude. The oh, ball's, yeah. gonna, ball's gonna, gonna carry gonna a little fly bit. Yeah. He's, he's gonna be confused on that extra fifteen percent he gets every time he hits an iron shot and all that stuff. Ninety degrees, no humidity. It's gonna go further. Yeah, it's anyway. gonna go a long way. That's right. I'm still taking the over. Vegas is a popular spot. Our guy Bill Bender of the Sporting News is out there. So we'll have our little college football segment right now. How many good college football teams are there in the field this year? Five. And who are they, Maddie? Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Florida, and Ohio State. Even though they haven't played, I know they're going to be incredible. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. <sighs> he included Clemson. You ready for this? Yeah, go you ahead. sure you're ready for this? <laughs> None. None? Zero. Zero. What's wrong with you? Um... What so, in the world is wrong with you? Here's here's what I'm talking <laughs> All about. All year long, here we, we hear about Clemson. We hear about Trevor Lawrence. We hear about yeah, but ETN. When you talk about really good teams, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it from Clemson. I haven't seen it from Alabama. Clemson's, uh, you know, they've Did got... Did you watch Georgia last week? Yeah, but they don't have a defense. You you know that's what I'm talking Wasn't about. Was the score twenty seven to six? Who did they play? Auburn. Really? And Auburn's in your top what? Auburn's pretty good. Auburn's. Nah. Yeah, what I'm Here's talking a guy about that's got, is in a conference that it's, it's Clemson yeah, and the other 13 dwarves. Yeah, but it doesn't right? matter. When, and, 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 with and, or without Notre Dame, but it still it, sucks. But in the past, Clemson has beaten Notre Dame and Oklahoma and Alabama and all these teams that they kept getting thrown at them. Here's the thing. I haven't seen it from anybody yet. Uh, you know, Clemson has, last week against Virginia, they, they couldn't get off the field on defense. You know, to me, that's not a really good team. Georgia has had some struggles this sure year on have. both sides of the ball. Yeah. That's not a really good team. They might be really good teams they might have at found the end a of the season. Alabama has struggled on defense. I mean, they're giving up points to people. Um, you know, Florida, 
still not, you know, their thing has been defense. Now it's kind of shifted to the offensive side of the ball, and their defense maybe is a little suspect. So Notre Dame not sold that they're a really good team on either side of the ball. So I have yet to see somebody that jumps out to me that says this is a really good team. But it's still early. And they didn't have a whole lot of practice. That's kind of my point. It's still early. So if Clemson wins, they're 15-point favorites tonight over Miami. If they win by more than 15, what does that do for you? Are they a really good football team? Does that team? get you where no, you need to I be? I honestly don't think Miami's because that good let football let me tell you team. something. Auburn's better than Miami. That's absolutely true. Yeah. So. I mean, but I, yeah. I mean, that. Greeny needs more. I do. I just need to see more. Okay. I'm, I'm not I mean, committing that's fair. to I mean, that's fair. I mean, I have potential. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. We don't know about Ohio State. Um, you know, that's kind of where I would go. That's the team, the four teams that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. If you would, if we had a normal season, that would still be the four okay. teams I'm looking at. I've never been sold on Oklahoma. I was not sold again on LSU. I've never been sold. You know, on the Florida. Big Twelve has never won a playoff game. Never. Yeah, no, doesn't surprise me because they yeah. keep playing Clemson. Yeah. 